Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Good morning, everyone. It's Dr. Richard Olberger live with you today for another exciting episode of the Richard Listens podcast. Excited today to have a motivated individual who helps others, who is so humble you would not know his resume. Mr. George Farmer, former NFL running back and cornerback, is also now a personal trainer and has accomplished things as a high school and youth athlete that some of us only dream of. So we're going to talk to him about being the son of a former NFL player, what it's like growing up with such accolades and dreams of the NFL and current journey as a trainer and a coach. And thanks to all of you who uh, follow and listen to the Richard Listen Show. I'm grateful for you being here. Please check me out on Instagram at Richard Listens. And if you haven't already, go to patreon.com slash richardlistens, support the show to get added value and content. I appreciate all of you bringing your authenticity, vulnerability. I'm here to support you through it. So please sign up for our newsletter. We're going to be rolling out a book this year, course content, groups, different ways to assist you and connect. Without further ado, invite uh, Mr. George Farmer onto the show. All right. Well, we're here and live with George Farmer. George, uh, we're just telling our guests, and I was really impressed. You're, you're such a you're humble character. You carry yourself with such you. grace and dignity. Although when we see your uh, profile photo, it's it's a little intimidating there, that studio <laughs> shot. <laughs> George, you know, 2010, the U.S. Army All-American Bowl. I want to ask you, a five-star recruit to USC here who's desperately 
craving and desiring a football season right now. Can't imagine what those guys are going through. And you won, is it two state titles? Uh, yeah, so in I won. two different sports. Yeah, it was in two different sports. So my junior year, we won state in football. And my senior year, we lost in the state championship. In basketball, we won my actually won my junior and my senior year in basketball and then track we wanted my junior year as a collective team no individual championship oh you didn't tell me you were a basketball player oh yeah yeah i did three sports i went back to back all year round wow yeah so yeah that's you know nowadays and i don't know how much has shifted since you were in school it's not that long ago people are saying you got to specialize you got to focus to become an elite athlete maybe you can offer some insights onto that what do you feel did it did it prepare you did it make you more well-rounded um you're asking in regards to being an athlete being an athlete and playing in multiple sports a lot of parents now trying to control and predict in terms of I got to get that D1 scholarship and going all in on one sport. You know, it's kind of interesting that you asked that my take on it. You know, it's over the course of the years, it's been, you know, a lot of money is involved. So it's like, you know, straight the game. And, you know, I think it took a lot of just natural funness out of the out of the game. You know, as a kid, when I grew up, it wasn't, you know, about trying to really control where that destiny was going to, you know, end up going. It was more, I just wanted to go to football practice to play around with my friends, you know, play rough. And actually, you know, this is the love of the sport, you know, the love we have for the game. So, you know, we come together at this one, you know, mutual site. Um, It just how happened to be playing football. And I think that has taken me, you know, to the levels that I have been played at. But I think nowadays it's a lot of outside sources just taken away from the, the pureness of the game. Too many people or too many athletes go into the game and try to say, hey, I'm going to go here because I'm going to go here and I'm going to go here and I'm going to go here. But you know, nine times out of ten, it doesn't end up working out that way. Football being the nature that it is, it's a brutal sport. You know, there's a lot of factors that determine where you end up going. There's never a set road. I mean, you can kind of prepare for staying healthy, staying in shape, you know, being, you know, ready when your opportunity, when your number is called, you know, all those things. But there's a lot of things you can't control. So I think that, you know, you have to play the game and go into it with just a pure, you know, want a pure, a why as to why you're playing this and a purpose as to like a lot of guys. I mean, even in guys in the NFL on a high level, a lot of guys say that, you know, this is a huge opportunity and a good place to feed their family. You know, that that's their why. They were never trying to control exactly where this was going to go. They just had a purpose behind it. And that's what drove them, you know, through it all, whether it was one decision they had to make that 
cause them to make a super sharp right turn where they possibly didn't want to do that, but it was, it was where they were taken and they make the best out of it. So, you know, I just hear a lot of people going into it and trying to say, hey, where should I, you know, where I want my kid to go here or I want to do this and I want to do that. And I'm just like, you know, you just got to find what makes you, you know, happy and where you want to go because that's the, that's the end result, y'all. Are you happy throughout the whole process? Yeah, you said a lot right there. A lot of things that you said, you know, that really want to stand out to me right now. One, being a father of boys and mm -hmm. this uh, pandemic, their ability not to be able to, to, I'm sure, you know, girls like to rough house too. I just don't have right. uh, a, a house full of that but you know just how that's missing right now in the pandemic you know right. you know we used to just take our bike to the field the ability to go play push right. each other around a fun way that the natural sport and how it really helps with development at any age and how we're really missing that right now you know number one and number two like you're saying people always think well at the elite level there must be this strategy mm -hmm. and yet I'm seeing a lot of athletes that, you know, they could, they're so talented, they're hopping team to team. The first time right. they lose a game, the first time there's adversity. What did you learn maybe in your house, you know, being the son of a, a professional football player that, that mm -hmm. told you like, right, to have fun and stay the course and just Right. control control the controllable right um yeah my dad he played in you know six years in the nfl um four years with the rams and two years with the dolphins back when they were in los angeles so definitely excited for him to be back he can't he's wearing walking around wearing his jersey does that mean you're a rams fan too now <laughs> yeah i mean i've always been a rams fan especially out there in los angeles i gotta I gotta be a rams fan um i still got some boys that you know woods is uh we played in high school together so i was gonna ask you that because he was also a track you had a race against each other right it was me uh robert woods marquise lee who's with uh new england now and paul richardson he just uh got released the rest that was that was our four receivers and our four by one for our track team <laughs> so in high school yeah wow relay team and our receivers so wow. we were killing the passing game <laughs> <laughs> but to answer your question i grew up i'm my dad's only child i grew up with a mom and, and two sisters on my mom's side so my siblings are on my mom's side but you know i grew up playing a bunch of different sports not only sports i grew up doing a lot of things as a kid i was very active everything that i possibly thought i could do or i wanted i tried it as a kid and i think that me being like that as a kid and my dad kind of having that kind of open just nature with me as a young kid it kind of just let me uh, allow me to see what i like best you know and kind of just helped me along the way make those decisions you know for myself you know i never really had to make the decisions because i based on what everybody else thought you know when i went into high school you know at that time fun story is that i was really good at skateboarding um i still can pick up a skateboard to this day and do tricks on it 
Right and my little sister, she's like into it now. But, you know, like stuff like that, my dad never said that I couldn't do it. But I was really good at that, possibly thinking about possibly doing, you know, taking that somewhere. But so we I can think, see you on the X Games tour. It's possible. Listen, hey, it could have it could have went in any direction. <laughs> I think that I was able to consciously make a decision for myself, knowing that football was my main thing, and that I went into it with the focus of now. Now it's kind of more not necessarily strategic, but I think it's more focused. It's more on a strict path, more of like, you want to say just like, if, you know, I planned this or I've written it out before. It's like, you know, I have a purpose and I have an end goal. I just don't know which kind of, you know, route I'm going to take. But I knew football was that, you know, thing that was going to get me to the next level or do the things that I wanted to do in life. And I think that all started from just having just a normal upbringing as a kid. You want the kids to explore themselves if, if you see them, you know. That's just my opinion because I grew up with some of that as well. And unlimited I think that possibilities. Unlimited possibilities, you know, because there was a lot of times that I, I was and it, it helps me out to this day, like, you know, um, because I did all those things, um, I'm not hesitant to try things that I'm unfamiliar with to this day. Little fun story, I'm trying to learn how to put drywall up. You know, but because I try so many things as a kid, there's like an open mindset. There's like, hey, what if this could work? So I think that kind of benefit me now because when I go into something, I don't have that pressure up front to be like, hey, is this going to work? That negative self-talk, you know, I always think like, man, this could work. You know, like I so many did so many things before that I, you know, never thought I would see myself doing it. And I was like, wow, I look back, I'm like, oh, I just totally don't get how I'm doing that now. But I think that all that play, you know. Builds off right, your definition of yourself and right and, and, and your willingness to, to fail. That's really, or right, how we right. see exactly. failure. I'm just, I'm exactly. laughing. I'm laughing not at, at you trying drywall, but because like half the days when I'm trying to do a workout, I have paint on the corner of my shirt or something. I've been trying to like paint the doors of my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. The, the quarantine has done funny things to a lot of us. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think we, I think we all needed it though. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was yeah. it was literally, you know, it, it, when you grow up, sports and books. And so when I would see someone doing something in the kitchen or handy, it just becomes unfamiliar. And so we may right. learn to stay inhibited. Oh, I can't try that. I'm right. not good at that. Right. And you develop right. an identity around that's not my role or I'm not good right. or I might fail. And and it's funny how you right. see this like this relationship to unwillingness to try and learn. So right. it's incredible when you step into that area of like curiosity, playfulness. You mentioned it. Like on some level, right. we're all trying to stay, what does it mean to be healthy? Right. Exactly. You know, and yes. I know, I know, you know, I want to get into your work as motivating and training others and how you bring mm -hmm. that every day, because that's really hard to bring that to so many people uh, yeah. and keep your own tank full. Um, 
But first, tell me a little bit about, you know, the realities of playing, you know, the, the high pressure, you know, growing up USC football, D1 football and having dreams of making it to the league. I mean, what's what's that like, um, you know, to, to play at that level, at that kind of an institution? Um, can you still maintain the fun or is is there just this pressure to keep uh, the scholarship or keep keep your starting spot? It's a number of things. First and foremost, I must say that, like, I, you know, I was blessed to be able to play at those institutions at a high level. And, uh, you know, my career, my journey was, i never forget it. It's taught me so many great things, a lot of resiliency along the way. But like I said, to mention like that, going back to my younger days out of just curiosity and fun. Growing up, you know, that's what it starts out as, you know, and obviously we know it gets to the high level and it becomes, you know, a business now. But um, throughout the years, I want to say up until high school was, you know, it was super, super like just fun because it was high school, you know, you're all, you're, your mind is all over the place in high school. Right. You're with your friends and stuff like that. And I think like it's really misunderstood amongst a lot of athletes going from high school to college because you don't really understand how fast things are going to turn as opposed to not, not, not to say that they're not fun anymore but now you know you're on a different level so now you also have guys that are just as fast as you so everything is kind of condensed now it starts to get smaller and what people don't realize is that you know what what I'm speaking from you know in my um experience what I realized early on is that <laughs> you had to become a sort of a young man very quick like overnight you know because now i don't have my mom waking me up or telling me to get up to go to school you know the most responsibility i had was driving to school and making sure i was there you know other than that but now you're put out your own place you need to you know figure out how to manage the little money you're given you know figure out how to put food on the table you know go to class maintain good grades stay healthy in the on the field you know, and mem- memorize your playbook, know all that, do all that, and, you know, just continue to just thrive, you know, and I think that it's a very overwhelming thing for a lot of young athletes at that age, you know, because they just go from one extreme to the next, you know what I'm saying? And it takes a minute to transition. I didn't really get my feet like on the ground till I I was going into my junior years when I really like got situated. I dealt with numerous amount of injuries. I mean, hamstring, broken ankle, torn ACL. So that's that's a whole nother aspect you haven't even added in of injuries. Now you're dealing with that. So in, in a way, it's crazy to think about to be put through at that young of an age, but in a way, it's put me so far ahead of. I think that, you know, and I'm not going to say that my career was bad because of injuries, but because of that, I, I'm now able to reflect and look at the bright side of things and what I take from it, the things I know from it. Training is one of them. You know, if it wasn't for me having so many injuries, I wouldn't, you know, be as fluent and with training and working out can tell you from experience why something is, you know, it just wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be, you know, as pure as it is now. 
you know, if I didn't go through some of the things that I went through. But just to answer that question, you know, it's a it's a life experience, um, you know, when you bunch it all together. And to talk about when I moved on to the NFL, just talking about those guys and just that next level up, you know, just in college, it's a huge transition. I love the, the, just the camaraderie, the people I met. I still talk to a lot of my friends. We still stay in contact with guys I play with. But the transition of a whole was just, you know, it's very overwhelming in those first two years. But once you get, you know, kind of get a little older and you get, you know, a little bit smarter and you start to figure out, you know, because you get there and then now you get parties. And, like, it's a lot to, you know, be thrown at a young person of, 17 i was 17 when i first got there I'm like, yeah so was i when i went to college and exactly not to, not to cut you off but i like to slow people down when they work with me because i mean just hearing you describe it i'm like oh my god yeah. like 17 years old yeah. like you hear that and it's like yeah you know we just look at you know from the outside this like oh right. you know here's this athlete he's competing he's winning and now he's right. going to go to Division One, and then he's going to keep and he's going to sail off in the NFL. And just, it's like we just see like right. the outside. And and when you describe that overwhelm, what's it like for you to hear yourself describe like how much you went through between seventeen and nineteen? It was really between seventeen and twenty-four. Like I think I learned a good fifteen years of life in about six or seven like aspects of things that I think I will learn over time, just the overwhelmness of this, like, and just everything, like, you, you know, you get put on this. When I, when I got to USC, the red carpet was, like, laid out, like, you have, like, you, you're almost have this expectation that you better, you know, for, you know, you better, you know, do what you have to do, or you're gonna, you know, you're gonna fall off. So, like, once that's given to you, you know, it's like come in, they, you know, everything is laid out on a red carpet. So me being overwhelmed with that, it's like the, the need to have to produce and have to be out there and have to provide, you know, was always a, a stressful factor. You know, you're always, you're at one of the biggest institutions, you know, you're at USC, you have all this hype to live up to. You know, it's a lot for a young, you know, man to, you know, take in at that age, you know, but I think that now looking back and hearing myself reflect on it, it, it just trips me out because in that moment, like there was times I was just didn't know what to do. Like I was, I was so overwhelmed when I tore my ACL, I never forget. I felt like I was at the bottom of the bottom, you know, cause I came in a highly recruit, I came in a number one number two athlete in the nation and I was supposed to just come right in and I was hit with injury after injury after injury so mind you by this time it's my third year right when I was getting settled I tore for my ACL so I knew this was going to put me back 15 so I just knew now I got put at the bottom and now it's just another uphill climb but looking back at that now I think that when stuff kind of gets me down or things seem hard, they don't seem hard at all because I look back at that time and I, I can always relate to that feeling I had. And I'm like, I felt so horrible and, and I, and nothing can kind of, you know, I can't recreate that feeling. Yeah. It can't take it away. I can't recreate that, but I know how it feels. So when stuff 
gets that way, you know, it kind of reminds me that it isn't, it isn't, it's only temporary, you know, things will start to move in a, in a forward direction. That's why I think that all of this and those years of me living has taught me on the back end of my life, because just as, as right now, just to mention this, like I, and about last year was when I really was just able to transition to a new mindset of not being an athlete. Now, don't get like, I don't want you to misunderstand of saying that, like, there's a different mindset that you have. That's how you handle yourself, you know, publicly, financially, you know, how you carry yourself. Not to say that those athletes carry themselves bad, but you have a certain mindset because you go from making all this money to being famous, you know, to having everything laid out for you to that being taken right away. Now you have to, you know, fill out a resume, which I didn't know how to fill out after I got out of the NFL. I couldn't tell you how to do a resume. I had to like, look like little things like that. You get put in it. And I think that's the huge shift of, you know, not only growing up to be an athlete, but being in it as a professional athlete and then the transition out of. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that and and giving me a plug. Uh, um, We're going to be having, um, we've just recorded a five-part series called Making the Jump, which is for athletes in transition and those in Mm -hmm. retirement. Because some of the things you're describing, and thank you for being, you know, humble and vulnerable with that, it's it's yeah. common for athletes that you go from, you know, a, a certain, even even if you've been a, a journeyman or 10-day contracts or, right. you know, in and out of training camp, you, there's a certain comfortability there, there's a certain amount of income. And now all of a sudden you're competing with people who've been in the job market for five, 10 years. So some of the right. skills weren't need to, there's a gap there and even figuring out who you go to, who can you trust? We're going to do a series that covers uh, physical health, managing your money, creating your off the field huddle, uh, your relationships. And we mentioned uh, your fellow Seahawk, uh, Chase Kaufman, is going to be on there. Yeah, so who did you go to? I mean, first regarding, you know, having an injury like that or, you know, even emotionally, where did you go to get support when you're at that low place? Well, yeah, uh, definitely. And there's all this pressure on you. Well, definitely. It starts back to my family, uh, my support system. My mom and dad, you know, my mom, my dad being a, you know, retired professional athlete, you know, I can always remember from a young age that every time I would fall, I would hurt myself or I would just get knocked down in life, you know, being that I didn't, you know, catch the pass that I want to get. You know, my dad was always just so calm and just, you got to catch it next time. You got next time, you know, like just kind of like, hey, don't dwell on that. Keep moving forward. And I think that stuck with me at a young age. And that's what kept my open, my openness. But I think the support system came from my mom and dad just telling me, you know, it came from always a pureness, a, a pure place. It was never like, you know, and it goes back to just be talking about, you know, kids now there's everything is just so trying to figure it out. It's just, hey. You've been knocked down, get up and just try whatever you was trying again and keep that same resiliency. But that was instilled at a young age. So when I got to that, you know, level and things would happen, yes, I would bounce back. I would, I would fall back, but 
and take me some time to gather myself, but with their support and, you know, what I've learned throughout the years, you know, up until that point, which has helped me get through it. You know, I've never been a person to quit. There's been, now don't get me wrong, there's been times that like I thought about quitting. I mean, you're not human if you don't, but I've never been a person to actually go through with it. And I look back at the things that I, I've done, and I'm like, if I would have just gave up, because don't get me wrong, there's been a hundred times that in college, like I was like, I'm done, uh, you know, but through the resiliency and what I've been taught and what the support system I had helped me push through. And now I can look back at it and share my story and, you know, inspire others and say, look there, you know, the grass is greener, you know, on the other side. And I think it all comes back from the support system, which is good. Like, you know, the more networking and same thing, what you're doing, building your off the field huddle. Those are all great things because I think a lot of athletes are missing that. They, you know, you get caught up because everybody's reaching out to you. Everybody wants a part of you. But then when you get done, now you have to reach out to everybody else when you don't know who to reach out to. You know, like it's really. And it's confusing, right? It's do, they really want, confusing. do they want me or do they want the athlete? Right. You know, yeah, I, I, exactly. The trust, you know? trust is hard to be built uh, right. back up in a lot of ways. Right, right, right. And, you know, so you, I, I guess a lot of athletes, and, and, and this is what's, what's kind of confusing because a lot of guys, man, which is kind of crazy, that a lot of guys, is, which is true though, a lot of guys come from broken families and not so good areas that make it to these, you know, make it far in sports. Um, a lot of guys that I talk to, you know, most of my guy friends that, you know, I still keep in contact with, a lot of them like, man, you know, I didn't know my father or, you know, I grew up, you know, with my grandma or whatever, I grew up like this. A lot of guys don't have that support system go back to after so you see a lot of guys fall off after because they have everybody and their resources at their hands when they're doing well but the minute things stop they have nobody to really fall back on and that's what makes this even you know more is like the building the off the field huddle and, and, and your network is because you have somebody to kind of fall back on and say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with and I need some sort of direction. You know, can you help? Most people don't have, and even me, I have a good foundation, but there were still a lot of areas myself, you know, that my mom and dad didn't know of that I still was, you know, I didn't know about. Like I, one was writing a resume. I didn't, I didn't know who to turn to, you know, luckily I asked around some friends and you know they helped me out but little things like that like that's something small that you should know how to do so when you get put in the real world you know it's like wow it was a total culture shock of me transitioning out of being a professional athlete to just being normal like it, it was a total culture shock you know that's why i'm thankful to be doing training and you know doing well doing that so it's something i love to do you know. Yeah, and I want to talk about that. Now, did you did you close the door? Is it is it closed? Are you are you giving up on any future opportunities? Uh, in, in playing, yeah, only because I'm getting older and um, I've had a number of of amount of injuries, and I just want to make sure that I 
I'm still able to, you know, when I have kids, I'm going to run up, be able to run around with them. And to say like, what's crazy now is like, I did have some interest of back a while ago when the AAF and the XFL was all getting, you know, going, I was still, I, which I still am. I still can go play, which I figure I'm, I mean, I'm very safe still, but I had tried a couple of times for them, got some traction and it's just how everything panned out with the pandemic and stuff right now, you know, who knows what's really going to, to happen, you know? And at that time I had already been feeling like, you know, Hey, I want to get started and have something kind of sturdy that I can build off of. But because, I mean, you can always say, hey, you know, if it isn't the NFL, you take a risk. But the other two leases, there's no guarantee if you get hurt that they're going to pay you. If I go to the NFL and I twist my ankle, break my ankle, I get paid out for the, you know, so there's some type of, you know, you can fall back onto it. We start thinking but, long-term security. Right. I started thinking my whole mindset shifted after I left the NFL because I was like, you know, it's fast, quick and good money. But I'm thinking long term security. What can I do now that's going to set me up for the rest of my life? So I think that's the determining factor. I love that you're talking about yeah. mindset a lot, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. For any of the listeners who haven't listened to uh, read uh, uh, the book Mindset by Carol Dweck about, you know, a lot of things George is talking talking about shifting from a results-oriented mindset about right. just getting accolades or a certain amount of money or getting to a certain destination towards the process long-term. I want to have security. Right. I want to be a father. I hear family values. So right. when you start shifting in your identity that way, your decisions have to go in line with it or right. I feel a conflict. Right. You know, it doesn't mean the same thing. I want to ask you about uh, your passion for training and how you've gotten there. But since we're, you know, in the pandemic and you talk about transitions, what, any advice you'd have for young athletes or, or players who've lost their season or, uh, or we're trying to think about what's next or, or how to cope with the uncertainty of the times that we're in? So any advice to any, you know, with this whole pandemic, and you know just the unknown and a possible future of what we we can't predict of what's going to happen the only advice i give anyone is just to stay the course i mean life is un you know predicted um i can speak from experience to just over the time of just injuries and all that stuff happening you just don't know where life can always take a turn you know and just like anything you got to be prepared for whatever happens you got to be resilient and you got to be you know have a purpose and be be determined i think that this is a great time for and i think a lot of people look at this time like to be oh you know everything's not happening you know everything's on hold i was doing this and i was doing so well and look at it that way but you can also look at the bright side and think that this is a good time to reset like myself work on try some new things work on things that you weren't ever good at try some new things to get better at a number of things out here you may find something else that you like you just never know so that's the only advice i would ever i could give someone at this time because it's so unpredictable you know none of us really knows really what's gonna happen in any areas i mean so there's no really 
you know, set advice to give. It's just, hey, whatever you believe in, stick with it, you know. And if there's a couple of things you want to try on the side, go do it. This is the perfect time to do so. We all kind of have like a reset to kind of set back, you know, iron out those things we never got a chance to iron out. You know, I think this is a good time for people to say, hey, slow down, you know, I mean, slow down a little bit, assess your life, assess what you want, you know, what you value and build on that, you know, don't necessarily, you know, keep going at what you're doing, whatever you're doing it is, it's kind of like just slow down and kind of reevaluate. It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash Richard Listens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens and if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. That's, yeah, that's a beautiful message right there. I mean, you know, I just, the thoughts that started coming to me when you're speaking, I mean, even one of my favorite NFL players, Michael Strahan, I mean, we look at the guys who, you know, you know you're so polished in more than one way that you can transition into something else Right. Like, even if you're a Hall of Famer. So having these opportunities to build on other skills and build yourself up, you know, is a gift. And a lot of times we see slowing down if we've always played, if we've always ran, if we've always competed. We see it as, like, adversarial. We see it as a real challenge. Right. Because right. it, it does it does create a conflict, especially when you're a young athlete and everything has told you I want to be good at this one thing. Yeah. So, you know, how do we how do we build that up? You know, and how do we encourage people to be more well-rounded and that teach them the principle that sports helps develop you as a human being? Right. Right. I mean, that's the real end goal. That's what I think what you're saying here is like. When you start looking at it's an it's a never ending character evolution to right. figure out how can I keep growing. Right. I also think to touch on that point that you said that sports helps you, you know, grow up and like, you know, be polished in life in some areas. But I think one thing sports does that a lot of people overlook and which is a lot of like what we lack in like, you know, society is working together, teamwork. I think that's the biggest thing that 
sports teaches people is how to work alongside somebody else and not be selfish. You know, this isn't just for me. I can't do it without this person next. Um, you know, along with all the, you know, things that come with sport is being disciplined, you know, being on time, making sure you know your assignment, all that comes with it. But I think that that goes into a bigger ca- the category of teamwork, you know, working together. And I think that's why sports is such a good thing because it teaches kids, especially at a vulnerable point in their life at a young age, how to work together, how to build camaraderie, how to, you know, problem solve, you know, not only with themselves, but with other people and how to get through adversity, how to get through obstacles, how to lead, how to direct, how to accept, you know, all of that. It it teaches you all of that in one setting. And I think that's the most critical thing that's missing with sports. Like sports is that one thing that, I mean, just look at how it starts from the players and it trickles down all the way down to the fans. Like we all get together for this one, you know, event and it brings, you know, a lot of smiles and stuff like that. A lot of injuries too, but (laughs) a lot of smiles and stuff, but just being in sports. Yeah, it's profound. You know, you can't get that anywhere else, you know? So I think that's a one area that, very, very overlooked. It's just that the teamwork you learn how to work together. Yeah, and I did. I didn't want to be remiss. I know uh, this weekend there was a loss of two uh, major activists uh, around sports mm-hmm. and uh, equal right. rights. Uh, just wanted to give a moment if you had any reflections on that. On you know the impact of of loss, of, especially in this time around try to create more social justice in our country, the impact of those losses and that grief. It's just unfortunate. My only take on that is that it's going to take time. You know, this, you know, history repeats itself. You know, you watch a lot of the, the 1965 riots, the, the law, you know, the watch riots, the Rodney King, all of that. It's it's just history repeating itself. And it's unfortunate that these lives have to be, you know, almost like sacrificial items because we want this justice to move forward, you know, it's just the world we live in and it's just going to take time. And that's what I mean. Like eventually people, you know, we all need to start working together and realizing that this, you know, the world is here for us, you know what I mean? And, and what we put here and what we do here is only going to be, you know, how we live in the future, you know? Um, And I think that that message is slowly slowly getting out there but it takes time and i think people you know this whole thing with this you know protesting and the way it was going about i think that people just you know some people expect it to happen overnight and it's not gonna just it's not gonna happen that way you know it takes time for all of this to change this is years and years and years of you know social injustice so it's going to take years and years and years to build that justice back. It's not going to just happen. There has to be, you know, 
so many different things done in so many different areas for this to be completely what we wanted to um and, but i think that is going in the right direction um unfortunate of all the lives that are lost but i think that is slowly going in the right direction more people are becoming aware less people are are naive i don't like that the lives are taken but i, I think that all of this is a big huge kind of wake-up call for a lot of people uh, not only with the coronavirus but with the protesting that goes on because now you kind of it kind of goes hand in hand people are at home and they get a chance to witness really what's going on and kind of sit down and kind of assess things from like you know everybody's not moving around doing their daily life everybody is, yeah the distractions gone and even the distraction like right the joy of sports it's a it's a healthy distraction and and so right. we're watching the NBA finals and things, maybe we'd be like, oh, well, things aren't so bad. You, right. you get away from the pain. And and certainly as a psychologist, I can say that as a country, when you go beyond six months, it, you know, it becomes like a clinical problem. I mean, it, if, right. if there are people out there going through depression, anxiety, stress, I've had right. a lot of people coming to my office that are you know, biracial or, you know, mixed race couples. I'm humbled by the opportunity because people are open up to like, whoa, things are coming up that I didn't even know was there. Right. And interesting dilemmas, right? Like pressure. Do I come out and say something for my company? Do I have to become a right. spokesman? Like they're not sure. But even that conflict is really good because it's kind of moving you if you out of fear went to, I just gotta be quiet, I can't say anything, and that is what the negativity and the hatred caused within you. Well, we right. want that to come back up in a, in a safe exploratory way, because right. like you're right. saying, this, right. this filling into your identity, this figuring out of the future, maybe you know you know maybe you're not going to be like some of these you know great athletes who have now gone on to uh i think it's maya moore who uh helped someone get off right death row and another right, right. athlete i think from the wmba is in sweden she's leading yep. protests over there so maybe that's not the platform you have but there may be a way in your own life where you can step into your own skin and go, you know, I, well, I do want to create change in this one area of my life. Right. And that may be confronting people or situations, or that may just be allowing yourself to express without fear. Right. I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. So, but back to you and, and motivation and the directions for, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm pushing the wrong angle. Maybe uh farmer construction is coming up in 2021. I don't know. Man, look, hey, look, <laughs> look, man, I was taught, I was, I was taught to plant a seed and all, and everywhere you think you could grow something. Look, I've been planting solar lights around the house and painted the back wall. Yep. See, <laughs> That's good because it's like, man, I would have never ever got a chance to do any of this. It's good. I think it's healthy for everybody. I've learned how to cook like 
I couldn't cook before, and I've been in the kitchen with my mom. Like, I need to learn something. That's right. It Give me a started few off recipes. Give me a yes, few. It started off just being in there staring because I'm like, yeah, what can I do? And then eventually, I was like, I can make this. But back to your passion, you know, now of, of training others. What opportunities have you found in motivating others, and uh, what are your goals as a trainer? and help others channel their own interest. It just goes back to the, it, it's fun. You know, before I even get to actually training somebody, it's something I love to wake up and do. Um, you know, I get up and I get excited about making the workouts of what I'm about to put, you know, do with people today, you know. Sometimes I'll put new workouts together that I haven't done myself. Like the one that I had you be the other day, I didn't, I've never done that one. So I was like, oh, I don't know what, what it feels like. But usually, usually the ones that I give, I usually have been through them. So I can kind of tell you what exactly you're going to feel. But that's why I did that one. I was like, yeah, I need to do this one to see how it feels. But like I said, when I wake up in the morning, that, that kind of gets me going. Like, you know, I get excited to say, hey, I get to go train and like help others. You know, I get to have fun doing it. Um, and then when I get to the actual gym and do that, it feels good because it's 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 health, you know, and everybody needs some type of guidance when it comes to even myself being the athlete that I am. I still look elsewhere for other type of things I could be doing to help myself stay healthy. Areas that I might not know of, but one area that I do know of is training and keeping the body physically fit. And that's where I give, you know, knowledge back. But I wake up every day thinking that it's an opportunity to help people. I get a good feeling knowing that, you know, I just put you through this workout, you're feeling all like tired and stuff, but you're going to feel great after and it contributes to you being a healthier person. You know, you feel better working out, you know, after you, you know, you look better, you feel better, you move better, you know, you operate better, you know, you get those endorphins going. Those are, you know, good things. And I, and every time I'm feeling like bad and are in a bad mood or don't feel or I feel groggy I go work out and it instantly gets me back like I get that little spunk and I just like preaching as people you know people if people come in with a bad day I you know it always just gets you going so I, I find joy in that because over the years I found that nothing ever beat that to be able to wake up anything that i've done in life nothing beat the feeling of waking up every day and being able to to do some type of workout that got my blood going and got make me feel good you know i feel right. like it's, it's a good therapeutic thing to do that it helps you get back on your on your tasks and get back on your daily routine when i don't work out i'm like I just feel like all over the pace and just, you know, out of just whack. I think I so, heard a statistic yesterday that the majority of communication that's going from your body to your brain far outweighs the percentage of communication from your brain to your body. And yes. so when people say I feel depressed or I'm feeling, you know, it's, it's and it does tie into the quarantine right now because we're trying to keep ourselves still. We're trying to keep ourselves safe right but 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 right but when you're not moving you know you're telling your body to tense up you're telling right. it 
to hold a lot more shut attention down. to shut yeah. down and that right. that feels really unhealthy <laughs> yes definitely it's it's Opposite. totally true it's totally true like your body is just exactly what you said you know your those feelings of you know anxiety and depression you know same with my girlfriend she's out working out i was telling her she woke up this morning feeling all out of whack and you know i told her to go work out she's out there now but just to touch back on what you said about you know it outweighs your, your body the signals being sent from your body to your brain outweighs the opposite way um it's so true you know those the people who feel anxiety and depression anytime i felt any of those feelings or i might be feeling that way every time i work out it completely deletes it like that the endorphins are so strong people don't realize that that just 30 minutes of just like let me go move can change the aspect of your whole day you know why i think that is such a a thing I love to do because it's so healthy for you. It's so good for you. You know, I think and a lot of people need to be more active. I think that that contributes into, you know, teamwork, working together, not being selfish, not being on all those, you know, areas. I think that all that goes hand in hand with everything. I didn't even delve into the more, probably one of the most profound things you focused on was was team right and when you look at the book by jim collins called from good to great he Mm -hmm. studied ceos and organizations and some of these companies like walgreen drugs versus eckerd drugs companies that fail versus ones that are still on our corners and he looked at the culture that was built by those who led by you know one leader who was great and then when they weren't company couldn't do it versus those that built a team um you know and and there's one company in there that they're talking about like you know they built a team of being fearless of not being afraid to go after goliath the leaders in the industry you know and that kind of belief when you have that feeling whether it's in your family being that we can overcome this hardship this illness this economic strife or whether it be we can go for it we can make it we can support someone career journey you know become a doctor make it the NFL when you have that or just we can overcome this challenging time when you have that together it's the most powerful thing and when the members start to feel unhealthy and pain you know it it can be contagious so the power of getting the family to be active I always joke my family therapy once a month we had an uncle who took hiking and once you start climbing you know even a modest hike you can't be arguing because you need to breathe right you can't (laughs) Bickering stop. It's like you got to start helping each other up. You got to start, you got to help each other up the next turn and give each other water. And all of a sudden, whatever you were fighting about is not important. Exactly. 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 Yeah. I think that's so true. You know, when, when, when there's one guy ahead of everybody, that guy falls, nobody else knows what to do. Same thing goes hand in hand with sports. You always see like one team has one great athlete. Well, those teams don't usually make it that far. They just have one great athlete. You get like a team, like which is why, just to touch back on Seattle, I mean, those guys, don't get me wrong, they were 
absolute tremendous athlete, but you never looked at there was just one guy across the board that just was like, that's why they're successful. Other teams, you know, have like literally, like, okay, you look at one team and you're like, you know that team for that person. You know what I mean? Like Patriots, for example, that that, that is them. Without Tom Brady, they're not the Patriots, but they have mastered how to work in that system. Whereas then you take a team like Seattle, there's no Tom Brady. You just got a team of guys who just play at all at the same level. Whereas, you know, Patriots, in my opinion, have one or two or three guys that just play at a high level and everybody else just fits in. Yeah, but, I'm glad you, you got to be a part of that culture because they have a right. coach who, right. you know, Pete Carroll really buys in the family and welcoming right. and team culture right. and pumping up the defense and pumping up the fans. I mean, that whole Everybody. culture they've built there is, is really yeah. incredible. And yeah. Michael Gervais is certainly a leader in sports psychology. Uh-huh. The fact that they brought in a sports psychologist to work with top players. So that whole s- system and I hope mm-hmm. that more teams, uh, even here in L.A. and the high school level, are starting to realize, like you started to mention, whether it be a major catastrophe like COVID or, or protests or maybe personal grief like injuries, which are major right. losses. Athletes are young, right. developing, and they're going through changes of where do I go now? So putting support in there and around right. your team, really important, and introducing athletes to as many type of supports as possible to open up their sense of identity. Where, Who am I? Where can I go? What things can I work right. on? A great book by John Gordon called Training Camp goes into this exact scenario about someone trying to make a team in the NFL and gets injured. What do you do, right? How do you cope with it? And what things can you do to build yourself up and expand your identity of who you are? You know, even if your goal is still to make the team, how do you work on your recovery? How do you work on your mindset? How do you work on your daily approaching recovery and rehabilitation with the same level of excitement that you would, you know, play in your sport when you were fully healthy. Well, George, it's a, a true gift for you to make the time. I know I've been real pleasure to be connected to you. Can you tell people more, you know, how to get connected to you and what to look for in the future? I am not on any social media at the current moment. I will be soon, surely, trying to come up with like a business platform and take off with that. So I'll definitely be letting you guys know when that kind of like takes off. But for now, I'm personal training down in studio in Beverly Hills. You can come give me a visit. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm looking looking to do some things in the community moving forward. Um, I got a couple of ideas that are in early stages. So, and that'll be also, you know, launched on social media once I, you know, develop all of that, get everything situated. So within the next couple of months, it should be up and going. So Hopefully we can team up and kind of do some things, work on that teamwork, that camaraderie. <laughs> Let's do it. I love it. It's the greatest gift yes. of the, this podcast is the people I meet, the the you know amazing resilience and right. you know not only the you know obviously the, the amazing talent and skill, but they're willing to parlay it into relationships and growing and helping other people. 
you know, and I think that's the real empowerment of the the digital age and right. uh, and connectivity, you know, and networking, you said it, right? Like my team right. becomes those people who I begin to associate with. Um, right. So just for our listeners, it's uh, you do individual and small group training. Yes. Right? yes. So if you want to get right now, you want to get in shape, you want to learn movement that's both healthy so you don't get injured. If you want to see George sweat on along the floor with you while he tries out new work, Look, yes, sir. That's always the question in the back of everyone's mind. Do you do the same workout? Like, exactly. Easy yes. for you to say. <laughs> exactly. That's so true because I'm doing the same thing. Coach, how about you get down here and do it with us? <laughs> how many times you have that thought, right? A lot of times. I've said it a couple of times. Like, there, uh, we already did it. And that's your secret. I don't know if you want to tell everybody, right, for a job interview, that if they ask you to design a workout, make it so that they have to give up. <laughs> yep. That's, like, that's exactly what they tell you. You want to be at right at the verge of them about to, about to stop, but they want to keep going, but they don't want to stop. That's the sweet spot right there. Well, George, thank you again. Uh, a real gift and an honor and your knowledge and skills and everything you gained from 17 to 24 sounds like a, a book in itself. And the fact you're willing to share it and inspire others speaks to the character you have and family you come from. So we're grateful for you. Of course, man. Thank you so much, Richard. I appreciate you having me today. Well, a true gift, uh, spending time with George Farmer, formerly of USC, Dallas Cowboys, Seattle Seahawks, and now currently a trainer, and who knows what will come next for him. So thank you again, all our listeners, for being a part of this, for sharing your time with me, for bringing yourself present. Please, if you'd like to book a session, check me out, richardlistens.com. Send me an email or phone contact. See how I can best support you through what you're going through or if you do know a family mental mental health struggle family member or community member going through any kind of a uh, struggle or needing additional support right now i mean who doesn't i'm happy to support you does not need to be a long-term uh, commitment we can you get centered and focused and at least feel validated experience of what you're doing find small ways that you can feel more empowered channel your inner hero through this corn and this struggle beyond to thriving in the rest of your life thank you again appreciate everybody check me out at instagram richard listens and patreon.com slash richard listen i'm a big fan of mma sports it's rough and elegant at the same time I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. 
These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash Richard Listens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash Richard Listens. Take care, everyone.